Hey, welcome to the Culture Kings Podcast, the podcast that I don't host. But it is hosted by my good friends Edgar Montplazier and Jockey Snail. Very good guys. These guys are just going to talk about pop culture, sports, you know, a lot of shit. Shit people care about. I don't know how to put it. It's like... Podcast, but like a mosh pit. And if you ask them to stop, they'll start shit. I'm talking sports to politics to back and forth to plead the fifth. And now I'm coming back for more. Bling, bling, really big ring. Basky out with the crowny thing. With the comedians with the clowny thing. So you better bow down as the Coach Kings. So... I think it's crazy. I don't know. Maybe this is too much for me. This is too much of an idea. But I went to the T-Mobile store today. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, update in my Saint phone. In St. Monica? Uh, no, not on St. Monica. Or on, in, not in Santa Monica either. Uh, not in Santa Monica. Not on Santa Monica. Okay. Uh, on Hollywood and Western. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people that walked into that store without wanting... Anything to do with that store. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this nigga walked in, looked at the prices of chargers, and went, these chargers are $10? I could get them for $3 on Amazon. And then walked out. <laughs> First of all, this nigga no, th- you can't. <laughs> $10 is pretty fucking cheap for a charger. That's insane. But you could tell when this nigga walked in that he didn't want to buy anything. He yeah. just wanted to make them feel bad. Yeah, I felt so bad for this nigga. I don't know if it's an idea, but I was just like, is there some way we can make sure that people who are going to a store have business? Man, I wish, dude. Because this nigga really walked in there, looked at the charger price, and then turned to them and said, Y'all tell them that it should be $3. And then walk, this nigga spent maybe a minute and 30 seconds Man, when in I a used T-Mobile to, store. When I used to work at Best Buy, it was insane, the amount of people... Like, if you ever have a normal customer <clears throat> or somebody you recognize, that motherfucker never shops. No. Like, they, no. we would, the people we knew, like, that would come in all the time are people who have no intention on shopping. No. They'll look around, maybe, but it's mostly, and a, and a lot of times they are, at least at the one I worked at, they were older people. Older people are, or when I worked at the mall in Target, they're young people. Yeah, yeah. So people who are either hanging out or people who are just lonely. <laughs> but. We also had somebody, like, he came in, he was a normal customer, he always would come in, he would never buy shit, he would talk to people until people got wise and would avoid him, yeah. uh, and be hiding that <laughs> shit from him. But one time he came in with the intention on using our bathroom to take a shit, oh. and he didn't make it. Uh, no. <laughs> he didn't even get close. Like, this dude came, this dude came through the door and like if you if you most Best Buys are set up somewhat the same. So he uh so he like walked you so you know you had the door with the security yeah. and shit. Uh-huh. And then this nigga walked up and he got about 20 feet before that shit just started dripping out of his pants. I was like, oh "Come on, man." Oh my god, bro. Like you couldn't go nowhere else. Like I'm so tired of dealing with you. You don't buy shit. Don't buy shit. <laughs> you come and, in here for nothing. And look, I get it, man. People need sanctuary. People need shit like that. I'm not trying to I don't want us then anyone to think that I'm like, you know, this capitalist Who's just like, if you don't have business, you don't belong in this establishment. That's not yeah. who I am at all. But I used to be a card attendant at Target. And some of the shit that I saw there, it's, it's people who don't understand it because they've never been on the other side of it. Yeah. And, like, you know, I, I mean, I definitely grew up uh, uh, lower uh, middle class. And, like, I still didn't get it until I worked that job where I saw shit that I was just like, oh, I get it now. Like, I get what the other side of, like, this kind of structure looks like. And I remember the day I quit Target, I was on break, 
and I'm walking back from break, and this nigga busts into the Target and starts knocking shit over and starts knocking, and he's like, Target is killing gay people. Target is killing gay people. You, you, you. He just starts pointing at niggas who are working there. You, are you going to be okay with it? Are you okay with it? Is your soul okay with oh it? Oh, my God. Too and much. that shit rocked. It's too much. That shit rocked me, dude. Like, I quit. I <laughs> Did quit. you quit yeah, after that? bro. I Why? quit. Why? Because you agreed bro, with him or because you couldn't take that I don't shit know, no man. I don't know what it was, but that was a straw that broke the camel's back. That's so Where funny. I was just like, I need to get out of here. That's so funny, Because <laughs> anyone could walk into the store. Like, people would walk into the store and do shit like that all dude, the time. Oh yeah, man. I don't think people realize... Just anybody can walk into your fucking store, man. Like, I had two black chicks come into my store one time, and the only reason I'm bringing up their race is because I want you to imagine, like, the t- not, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the exaggerated version of mm-hmm. this person. Yeah. So they came in solely with the purpose of roasting me. <laughs> Never met these women in my life. They saw me from outside on the street, and they came in... Boy, you need to pull them pants way up. And like my pants weren't even low. And it was like, mm, that big ass booty. You got and I'm just like, what the fuck are y'all talking? And then they left. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is y'all doing? Like that was the weirdest shit. And you that, can't touch them, bro. You can't you can't even say anything you to can't, them, really. Because like cause one, there's a horse store policy, but yeah. then there's also the law. Like I was talking to the dude. Where he was saying if that guy who had come in with the chargers had just started yelling and just took three chargers off the rack and walked out, that's it. Because you can't physically restrain them. No. Unless they are making a physical – and they have to hit – like he was telling me that they have to hit – I don't know if this is true, but he was like, they have to hit me first before I'm allowed to hit back. I mean, I would assume that's true. That's crazy. I would assume that's true. <laughs> he was like, if this nigga came in and stole shit and then beat me, that's it. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> That shit is crazy. It's like that episode of Atlanta, how he knew, like, yo, they got a no chase policy. Oh, yeah, policy. they got a no chase policy. Yeah, yeah. he just grabbed that shit <laughs> and walked. He just grabbed that shit and walked out slow as hell. <laughs> I don't think people appreciated how funny that shit was. But it's true. We had like, it at Target, too. <laughs> you couldn't chase him? No, bro. And I remember this lady. This is really fucked you up. You can chase people at Best Buy. You can? Because that Maybe shit is Maybe when expensive. you were working there. Maybe when I was working there. I don't know yeah. if that's the case. Because if you, if you hit them and they break something. Yeah. it's on. They're not going to sue you. They're gonna sue. They're gonna sue Best, Best Buy. Buy. Yeah. So like, uh, I remember this. Uh, <laughs> this lady. This is fucked up. But this lady was stealing from Target. Had a cart full of shit, and then she pushed the cart out. And you know how she got away with it? She put her kids in front of the cart, <laughs> so that security couldn't didn't want to touch them. <laughs> right. So it was like... And then you can see the security guard trying to stop them with their body with his body, but not like physically touch them. That shit was heartbreaking, dude. That but, shit is so funny, dude. <laughs> she made it, dude. Security is weird, man, at these stores, they can't man. do nothing. They can't do nothing. And and then a lot of times, too, like, they could chase you at Best Buy. I don't know if they could do anything, though. I never worked in, like, uh, loss prevention. Loss prevention, yeah. Uh, but, you know, we had a couple young people. We had a couple, like, our lead security person at Best at that Best Buy was, like, Fucking 60-something. <laughs> and my granddad, who should be retired, he's in his 70s. This nigga's working security at, like, like 
somewhere. I don't want to say it because niggas going to come and be like. They should. <laughs> yeah, because my granddad ain't mobile. He? No. Like, he ain't mobile. The man, he ain't he ain't like Morgan Freeman's, uh, Morgan Freeman 70. Those are the two things that don't make sense to me. Old security guards and fat security guards. I don't get it. Like, what you going to do? What they going to do? Fat bouncers? 100%. Yeah, yeah. I get that. You're not running anywhere. They can put that girth on you. They can put that girth on you, and you're not running anywhere. But a fat security, man, the security guard at our school was fat, our high school. This thing was so big. Uh, One time we we wanted to uh, draw all over the seniors' cars because the seniors, like, pranked our class Mm -hmm. by flipping over all our chairs and something whack. So then we were like, we're going to write on all of their cars in white shoe polish. Damn. Uh, yeah, you know, that shit's hard to get out. Yeah, I would have uh, been salty. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fights. Nigga, this nigga came up to us, and then this girl was just like, watch, I got it. And this gave this nigga a breakfast burrito, and he <laughs> turned around and let us do it. <laughs> For a breakfast burrito. <laughs> Damn. That's how you get niggas. You don't even need money. You just need a breakfast burrito. <laughs> breakfast burrito. <laughs> from Laredo Taco Company. Right. If you're from South Texas, you know what I'm talking about. Or even a, breakfast, a breakfast burrito that probably wasn't even like extremely hot. No. It was, it was from a gas station, bro. It was from a gas station. Stripes. It was from Stripes. Uh, that shit is crazy, dude. I, it's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing when I see these security guards. Like, if I wanted to get steal something, I could. Of course. If you want to rock them, you could. Yeah. The, your only course of action is to call the police and hope they get there in time, or I come back stupidly. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet, Jaquees, that a security guard listens to this podcast. Oh, we're going to get some people. And look. I don't want to think that we're offending y'all. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to piss yeah. y'all off. I'm sure y'all already write in a tweet. Stop. <laughs> you are important. You are worth your You're paycheck. A- yeah. I would also say that most security guards, if they listen to us, are probably under the age of 45. That's true. That's like, true. I want to know, do we have anybody? If there's one person, whether you're on Twitter or not, if you're not on Twitter, call you. if there's one person who is over the age of 65 that listens to us, Call your grandkids, tell them to set you up with a Twitter account. Or don't even, let them tweet from their account. Or let them tweet from their, yes. To call them and be like, yo, there's this show called Culture Kings. There's it, this radio program There's I this radio to. program. It, their, tweet, their Twitter account is at Culture Kings Pod. Tell them that. <laughs> and tell them like, yo, my grandfather listens to you guys. I want to fucking know. I want to know. I want to know too. I, okay, look, I, I I do sympathize with security guards. I want to make sure that we're not oh, roasting them. Oh, man, they have, a, they, yeah, they they have, have a, a tough job. They have a tough job. I remember dude. we went to CVS one time. It was like me, Dan, and Amon, and we went to CVS, and <laughs> this is black security guard. This man was like in his 20s, and he was like, hey, yo, what y'all up to tonight? <laughs> and we're like, nothing. We're just buying some gum so we can get cash back, go to the taco truck. He's like, damn, I wish I was with y'all right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was about to say... Their job is also boring. <laughs> he was so bored because of the CVS, dude. Yeah, dude. The like, CVS these niggas can't do on nothing. A, on a Sunset of Western. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which mean, is that, 24 hours. Which also is probably eventful, too. Oh, yeah. But no. depending I've on- I've seen some wild shit yeah, that let me, let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all people who be L.A. dreaming. <laughs> I mean, you hear the word Hollywood, and you think, ugh, Hollywood. Mm-mm. Hollywood is a fucked up ass place, y'all. From <laughs> like, Hollywood see. is Hollywood, wacky shit. Hollywood from I want to say Western yeah. to I'll go to Highland. It's the hood. It's the hood. It's, <laughs> like, it's the fucking hood. Dude. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's it dirty. Smells shit. like shit. Is is and you'll see. You might get stabbed. You'll see the wildest shit you've ever seen in your goddamn life. Yeah. 
<laughs> the Hollywood y'all see on TV, which is from Highland to La Brea, is two blocks. Yeah. <laughs> like, but Hollywood in itself is an entire fucking neighborhood, and most of Hollywood is a piece of shit. Don't ever go to a club on Hollywood Boulevard. No. no. Don't ever go to a fast restaurant on Hollywood Boulevard at nighttime. It's oh, been not at, at night. You yeah. been at Popeyes on? Uh, is it on Coenga? It's right across. We, we're talking about this. We're right around the corner from Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. So, and let me tell y'all, we've had some episodes where we stop because. Because there's fucking shutdowns of the block because yeah. police are fucking, because police. <laughs> are fucking literally on the corner of where we're recording. Yeah. A uh, 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 comedy theater shut down, and like three months later, it was a drug and weapons den. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shit you not. Search IO West uh, Drugs and Weapons Den in Hollywood and read the article of what that building became in less than a see, year. You can see uh, DJ Dan is looking out and being like, what the <laughs> fuck? Bro, no, bro. Uh, no, yeah, that spot is that spot is fucked up. Yeah, uh, dude. Someone got shot one time on the way over to this podcast. I was driving and I was on a. They're supposed to be on this podcast? No, no. no oh, I was just saying. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, we were supposed got to have, shot. Yo, we, we were supposed to have a guest today, bro. But they got, got shot. shot. They got shot. Yeah, rest no, in peace. Somebody got shot on Coenga just walking. Some rapper. Damn, damn. And I was like, what the fuck? Damn. Is, and, and that's why I hate when people are just like, oh yeah, the hood of LA. That's like Crenshaw. That's like. Uh, all these areas, it's like no, they're not. I mean, yeah, yeah they have their things, but yeah. you want some wild shit, you don't got to go any farther than Hollywood. Yeah, dude, Hollywood is a crazy ass fucking place, man. I, I mean, I feel I'm okay walking down the street in Hollywood, but From, I wouldn't want my girlfriend walking down the street of Hollywood at night. No, <laughs> like, not but alone. I'm also not okay. I've watched cops just tackle niggas for no well, reason. That yeah, that's true. That's very true. So yeah, for all y'all L.A. living people or L.A. dreaming people. I forgot what prompted me. Literally, to talk right about now. That. Well, we were just talking about some of the crazy shit that we see niggas do at that CBS. Oh, oh yes, on yes, yes. Sunset and Western. Yes, which is technically considered the Hollywood neighborhood. Yeah, it's in East Hollywood. Yeah. It's in Little Armenia. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we're speaking right now, you can hear police sirens outside. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> we're not Loud joking, bro. We could, we're looking, we're seeing the Capitol Records building. What a beautiful monument. Yeah. So beautiful. Right next to it, probably a homeless man shitting on the bare ground. Mm-hmm. I've. I, <laughs> this is not an exaggeration, because you know I used to give tours mm-hmm. of Los Angeles. Of course. And right where the clubhouse is, mm-hmm. which is still te- technically That's considered East Hollywood. Hollywood. That's yeah. East Hollywood. It's on the border of East Hollywood and Los Feliz. Yeah. I was driving the tour, and the, the, the tour company I used to work for, we would drive and talk. So I was driving the bus, I was talking, I was in the middle of my shit, I just, we had just rounded the corner from the, uh... The Church of Scientology building. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the middle of that spiel, and I'm talking. I'm, you know, people are enjoying it, and I catch out the corner of my eye this. Uh, what was the mama's name from Good Times? Uh, Florence, uh, Florida Hayes. What was mm-hmm. her real name? Florida. Florida remember. Evans. Yeah. Florida Evans. This Florida Evans looking woman who got the fro. I mean, she looks exactly like Florida Evans, but she has on a tank top and a sweater. The tank top. It's under the bottom of her breast, and the sweater is on top of her breast. And the only thing showing are her two breasts, like outside. <laughs> and she's fully clothed, except her two boobs are hanging out. <laughs> and she's just standing on the corner, just chilling. And I'm like, this is Hollywood as fuck right Absolutely. now, dude. <laughs> like, I don't understand why Hollywood people take fuck. that tour. I don't understand why people want to go on the Walk of Fame 
It makes no sense. That place is awful. It smells bad. Oh, look, it's terrible, dude. And, and look, we're not blaming these people. It's not on these people. It's on the I city. I want to be very clear. It's on the city. It's on how they zone things. It's on how they provide housing. Like, it's not on these people at all. These people are a symptom. Obviously, they're people, but they're a symptom of conditions that this political climate has created. Mm-hmm. And But shit is still wild. Shit is wild, man. I the, mean- The wildest fight I've ever seen in my life- was at the fucking, uh, well, it's Juicy Wings now, but it used to be Juicy Burger. I remember you telling me that, yeah. That were the fucking craziest fight I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy, dude. Which is why I live in Burbank. Nah, I got, <laughs> I still do it, bro. I used to live right there on East Hollywood, man. I used to live right live there. in the bank. My, fr- my, my teacher told me when he gave me the two grand to move here, he was just like, hey, Wait a minute, what? Your teacher gave you two grand to move I here? I never told you the story? No. Oh, all right, well, LA, actual- listen, LA, LA dreaming people, listen. This is some advice that my teacher told me. I'll tell you guys a story. I'll give you all the advice. So when I graduated from school and quote unquote graduated, right? Mm-hmm. I like didn't have a job or anything. I had no plan. I just finished. I just dropped and I was like, all right, I'm gonna do something. And my teacher hit me up and was just like, yo, I have a um this shoot in France. I need to go to France. Can you watch my place while my his now wife and him went to France so he could shoot like I think it was like a movie or a long-form commercial, something like that. He was going to be gone for like a month. So I lived in his house in Berkeley. And I was living, my dude. I was 23. I had some money from my school loans. Like, mm-hmm, you know, they, mm-hmm. had to, they had to cash me out. So I was living, you know what I'm saying? I was living in Berkeley. I was going to Barbie. And I was, it felt so dope. So then I started to convince myself. I was like, oh, I could live like this. Like, I could get a job at like a pizza shop or something. And I could live in Berkeley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And yeah, then yeah. my teacher came back and he's like, hey, so what's the plan? Are you going to LA? Are you doing it? And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't really have a plan or anything like that. And he was just like, listen, man, if you stay here, you'll never leave. You'll always think about doing your dream. Yeah. You'll always be like, what if I did chase it? And I was like, yeah, but you know, I don't have like a house plan. I don't have this. I don't. He's like, nobody. And this is the advice that he told me that I really stuck with me. He said, nobody does. Mm-hmm. Not a single person does. If they do, their parents are rich. I mean, right. that's just the facts. Right. If they come here and they have a house set up, they got somewhere to move, all this shit, their parents are rich. Yeah. I'm not that's... trying to throw shade at anybody. No, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. It's just he the said, truth. you reach out to everybody that you know, say, can I stay at your place for two months, three months, whatever it is you need to get up on your feet, you find whatever shitty job you do and you do that. I'm going to give you two grand to float you while you're there. And do this. So I did it. I hit up my boys, Kingsley and Cali. I lived Mm -hmm. on their floor of their studio apartment for two years. God damn. For like a year and a half. Studio apartment. I don't want that part Studio apartment. So you got three niggas in this studio apartment. Three niggas in a studio apartment. I don't know if you know Kingsley and Cali. Oh, I know. I mean, I know. They are the messiest niggas you'll ever meet in your life. I believe that. And I'm a messy nigga. I believe that. And they take the cake. Believe it. They're so twins. I lived in that shit for a long time. And the lesson that he told me, so the first three months I was there, I wanted to quit. I yeah. was like, I, I was sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Like I had this I had this sleeping bag immediately popped. Or not sleeping bag, uh, uh, air, air mattress, mattress immediately yeah. popped. I had a sleeping bag. These niggas fucking, I mean. They I fucked know. on it? No, they ain't fuck on it. Oh. Worse. <laughs> One of them niggas brought bed bugs. Oh, shit. I had to burn the sleeping bag. Damn. Damn. And so I was I had not, I was sleeping on a sheet on the floor at this point. I cleaned the entire place myself and That's I, crazy, uh, just to get rid of these things. And then I was like, I want to give up. I had the ex-fiance in Portland who was just like, you can move up here and all this stuff. And he told me something that always stuck with me. He said, 
give it. He said, nobody's happy in L.A. until they hit five years. Mm-hmm. And when he said that shit to me, I was like, I'll give it a year. And I gave it a year, and it got better. And after that year, I gave it another year. It got better. I'm four years in now, and I think I'm pretty fucking comfortable. You only uh, been here for four years? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And okay. I've done a lot in those four years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to brag or anything like that, but, you know. You've done well. And I think these people who are L.A. living are L.A. dreaming, like you're saying. I really like that term, L.A. dreaming. Uh, I think the important thing to know is when you get here, I'm sure you can attest to this too, Jaquise. Yeah. It is going to fucking suck. Yeah, man. My 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 experience was... A little different, but <clears throat> still relatively not. So it's weird because, like, I also I come from a big city. So for me, that transition, and even though you came from Northern California and then Texas and New York for that, but mm-hmm. coming from like one of the major cities, mm-hmm. like that culture shock wasn't. Oh, I didn't have any for of me. the culture shock. Yeah, but no, the culture shock that we're talking about of like seeing all that crazy shit, right? Seeing all, all the crazy stuff. shit and stuff, or and knowing. Because when you, I mean, when you're talking about you came out, you're relatively soon out of, out of college. Right out of college. Whereas for me, right out of college, I still lived in the in city Chicago, of Chicago. Yeah. So, like, I, I went through the struggle, that struggle, mm-hmm. like, still at home. Yeah. Even though, you know, I was on my own and shit, I was still at home. So coming out here, and especially moving out here uh, with my girlfriend, which was, that was the first time we had ever lived together. Uh Oof. And so that was different. And when I tell you, like, we came out here to visit maybe a month before we were going to move out here to look for places. Didn't find a single thing. Because we were just like, every place that's affordable is trash Mm -hmm. (laughs) or unsafe. Mm -hmm. And, like, I have that to think about, too. You know, like, I have the safety of my fucking significant other to think about. So I was like, "Uh, I don't know. We found a place on Craigslist. Didn't even see it until we got the same place we're in now. The didn't even see it until we fucking literally moved in. We saw that place the first time when we stepped foot in the apartment to That's move how into it, is, it. Bro. and That's it's how crazy. It is. But you know, for me, like I was doing relatively well in Chicago, especially in the stage, uh, in theater and shit like that. And I had an agent. I was doing. I was young. I was doing pretty well. I didn't need to leave Chicago. So mm-hmm. for, in my mind, I'm like. I'm going to go out there, hit the ground running, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I did not. No. I didn't have the motivation to. It mm. was just, it was weird. It was so fucking weird that until that first year and like some personal shit went on. And I was like, all right, I need, I need to do something. Like, all right. And then that's when I took like my first class at UCB. Then I jumped on a web series and stuff like that and just started getting the ball rolling. But that shit took. A year and a half, and I'm five. I'm six years in now. Like as of two a week ago, mm-hmm. and like you know, things have gone well. I've had some disappointments, especially like within the past few months. But like it takes a minute. It, it takes, takes a fucking a minute. minute. It, it takes, takes a minute. minute. And you know, I mean, everybody. I mean, look, dude. Every, niggas listening to us are like y'all motherfuckers on the podcast. It's national and all this bullshit. And like, y'all, y'all niggas okay. And like, yeah, man, we doing better than we're doing better we than doing a week okay. ago. How about we'll just say that? <laughs> we doing better than a week we'll ago. We'll say we're doing better than a week you ago, and that's all saying? we can say. You know what I'm saying? Nigga got a new pair of shoes. I mean, I saw them shoes. Nigga got a new pair of shoes. Nigga got a new iPhone, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Motherfucker got a haircut. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you know this. I got new teeth. 
Okay, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> Shit, I sent my dad some money. I'm not gonna lie. You I know, was like, you okay, know. all right, all right. You know, motherfucker might be, you know, moving to Beverly Hills in a little bit. I mean, niggas also banging the microphones together. And- Shit, because I can afford to replace these motherfuckers. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, dude, it's it's weird, man. Yeah, you gotta listen, man. You gotta have. I think it takes a special type of person to live out here. Well, I wanted to ask you about what kind of person that is, but I wanted to do so after we come back from the break. Boom. We back, always, Jaquise spilling his drink. I do a lot, uh, actually. Yeah, I know. That was one I was like, don't even fight back with me on this one, Jaquise. I, you you <laughs> consistently spill your drink. I do spill shit. Remember when we were recording the song, you spilled that? You almost spilled it on fucking... I uh, did. I spilled a drink all over Dan. <laughs> yeah, and I'm his sorry. shoes. I almost yeah. spilled it on his computer. <laughs> yeah, I'd be fucking up. I'm uh, sorry, Dan. But, um... It's so, okay, I forgive you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, um... This is something that I wanted to talk about. Oh, well, let's just address this before anyone uh, 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 starts calling us out. Sophie is not here today. <laughs> we didn't we didn't silence her in any way. We didn't kick her out. She's still very much so alive mm-hmm, and here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's just not here today. We did just recently have an episode where it was like... Yo, the mother podcast don't let you talk. Yeah, so I wanted it to be clear that like they're just like, oh shit, did they really just? Get rid of-? <laughs> no, we did not. She's fine. She's uh, uh <laughs> I was gonna joke about where she is, but I don't want to. Don't joke about it. I don't want to joke about it. Uh, but anyway. but okay. <laughs> so Aman and I very early on both went to the same talk at UCB, and this was before we know each other, which was wild. And it was this panel. UCB has these panels, which I would recommend to anyone whether you're a student at ucb or not and you're living in los angeles you're anywhere uh, uh uh near interested in the entertainment industry i would check out what they call brain panels they're usually very very informative they're about a specific topic and you just learn so much and they're free no one's gonna check you for an id or anything like that you just go take a notebook take some notes it's a really really dope opportunity mm-hmm. um i don't know how you would know when they are you just have to keep searching the website. You just got to keep searching the website. They pop up randomly. Uh, um, or or you can go join, uh, on, if you're on Facebook, UCB Worldwide. Yeah. Which is yes. a Facebook group. Which is a Facebook group, and they usually announce shit like that there. Yeah. But we went to one that was called uh, Self-Starting. Mm-hmm. And it was all about how to kind of like be in control of your own UCB career. Because uh, as you know, there are a lot of people out there who like, you know, wait around for mod or Harold, like that's where their shit is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there are people like I would say yourself, who, although you, like you know you were on a Harold team and stuff like that, that wasn't the start of you getting main stage time at UCB at all, mm-hmm. because you had produced your own shows already at that point. Mm-hmm. You have, you had been on two outstanding indie teams, uh, maybe more, maybe before I remember. You had been on Mess Hall, like you were in control of your own destiny. So like. My advice to you, I mean, my, what I wanted to ask you, not my advice to you, I've got no advice to give to you, is like, how does someone develop those self-starting skills? Like, what are some of the things that someone can do when they're moving to L.A. to self-start? Uh, I can give one to start off, uh, but I wanted to hear some of yours. Maybe we go back and forth and give some of these, like, self, like, when you're moving to the city or if you're already in the city, you're like, I want to start entertainment, I want to do this. How do you self-start? And self-start is something that you can be in control of. Here's one that I wanted to give. 
it's not something active. It's just something to remember. But it's something that someone told me when I moved here, which is give everyone one year to not fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Like, give everyone one year to be like, I don't know who the fuck you are. And, like, know that that only really lasts for, like, if you stick to that community, it only lasts for one year. Mm-hmm. Because so many people come to the city and disappear like that. Yeah. Inst- like, you'll see them and be like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. And I think that people have built a resistance to that because they don't want to give someone an opportunity to watch them Go disappear. Away. Yeah, yeah, and be like, man, I just invested all this shit into this person, and they just ghosted. Yeah. I mean, how many niggas did you start? I mean, who are the people that you started hanging out with when you were at UCB? And then think oh, about- None of them are around And think anymore. about, yeah, where those niggas are at now. Yeah, none of them are around anymore. Uh, yeah, people- The people who- the people who get shit are the people who stick around. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And and by stick around, I don't mean just stick around, but the people who say I am going to do stuff. Of course. I'm gonna make my I'm gonna make my lane. Uh, in in whatever community you're in. Because uh, I knew you before I knew you. Like, yeah. I knew your name. I was like, oh, that's Shaquille Sneak. Yeah, I yeah, see this yeah. nigga everywhere. He's on this. He was. He's on Laserdisc. Mm-hmm. He's on the. I knew who you were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that people need to remember is that you start to cultivate. You that. start to cultivate that. Yeah, man. You start to. Yeah. Pete, listen. I mean, I joke about this a lot, and some people think I mean it in a uh, in an egotistical way or anything like that. But and I think Edgar, you can you probably have this same thing as well. Mm. But more people know me than I know them, yeah. uh, and especially now with the podcast. But like before that, more people—that's kind of how it's always been. When when you're out there do, trying to do work, you know, and you're not worried about doing it to look good, you're worried about doing it because you want to fucking do it. <laughs> so when when that's what you're worried about, you're not worried about trying to get. Now, I don't want to say trying to get on people's radars, but you're not worried about, you know, having the name, so yeah. to say. Yeah. More people will likely know you than you know them. Absolutely. Especially in this business. Uh, for me, you know, one of the big things was self-starting. Uh, especially moving to L.A., I think, is it's very easy to sit and do nothing. mm it's very fucking easy to do that. Uh, and I know people are like, well, yeah, it's easy to do that, to sit and do nothing. But L- L.A. is so different because it's not, like, it's so spread out. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to sit and stay in your fucking, like, circle. You stay in your little circle. and Stay in Burbank. Yeah, and literally not even know. Like, if I stepped outside in Chicago... I'm running into something every like 15 feet, right? Oh yeah. If I step outside in Burbank, I ain't running into shit. No, I mean from, I can, but like I'm, but I'm, miles, I'm running into not. shit that I don't have access to. Like Absolutely. I live pretty close to Warner Brothers Studio. I can't just walk on that fucking back lot. No, you can't. <laughs> you know? They'll so, snipe you down. Yeah. So for me, I think simply get out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. even a little bit, is a big deal with, not saying you have to feel uncomfortable, but being okay with failure, I think is a big thing with self-starting. I uh, think a lot of people who don't self-start all the time are scared at the result if it fails. That was going to be my next one, which was to fail a ton. Like you, I think You have to. Uh, I, I, I get annoyed 
when people are just like, oh, wow, like Culture Kings, like your first podcast got on. I'm like, nigga, this ain't nowhere close to my first podcast. Mm-hmm. This is maybe my sixth or seventh podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had podcasts with the, the person who everyone keeps calling Sophie on our Instagram, the I Am Jeshua Instagram. That's <laughs> not Sophie. That's my girl, Janine. Mm-hmm. We had a podcast together when I first moved here. And it was like, a, it was a decent podcast. Like, mm-hmm. nowhere near to what the numbers this one gets. But like... I've been on, like, I've created so many podcasts when I was out here. I did all these things. And, like, it's the same thing with, like, shows. Like, I've had so many shows when I, I used to run a show in Westwood called Boy Band and stuff like that. And you have to be okay with knowing that every project isn't going to be the project. Mm-hmm. And that some projects are going to fall apart. Like, there are going to be things that are going to be really great. Like, the podcast that Janine and I had was really great. It just came to a point where it couldn't sustain itself anymore. Janine had to leave. Uh, I couldn't afford to do it by myself, so it fell apart. You know, boy band, I wasn't interested in stand-up anymore. It's still going in the hands of other people, but it's not what I wanted it to be when I originally, like, started it. And, like, I think that that's something that people can kind of get hung up on. It's like they're, like, they'll make, like, a web series. Mm-hmm. And then it they'll put it up, and, you know, only them and their grandma watch it. And they go, well, damn, I'm never doing a web series again. It's like, no, that's no. not the lesson from that. <clears throat> do the it. lesson from that is, like, you can do it. Right. So now do a second one. Do I a think third. it's going to take so many. Exactly. I, you know, it is research is a big deal too. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean research like going to the internet and stuff. But for me, I will take everything that I do and say, all right, what what can I take from that? Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, when I did the web series, my web series, Bitch Please, like it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. If anybody who was involved in that is listening, they're probably like, fuck you. Uh, it, we had good episodes. There were a couple episodes I'm proud of. We did an animated episode, yeah. Uh, which you know was just ambitious. We did ambitious shit. But what I took from that is, all right, this is my opportunity to learn this side of the business. I've always been an actor. Mm-hmm. I know what that is. But you've never produced. But I've never produced, and that was my first for- foray into producing. And what that taught me was not only how to produce. That taught me what the fuck I would want out of a producer, which is what I tried to, you know, when I produce stuff and things like that, I tried to bring that to it. So I think, like, everything you do, like, continue to learn from it. I think people who give up, like, they give up because they don't learn from the things that they do, and they just keep doing, like, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over. I could have four, five, six web series, but... If all of them are different, and if I take something different from all of them, then mm-hmm. they've all been a success. They've all been a success. They all uh, be, each one will be better than the last. They each will be better than the last one, and 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 the 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 lessons and the the experience you learn from it, you can jump on a web series and then go in for that one, go in to uh, and then be like, all right, now I'm writing the show, and next thing you know, you're pitching the show to a network. One hundred percent. I mean, uh, uh, the late Louis C.K. Uh, said something <laughs> that I always really, really think about, which is uh, he said that uh, whenever he does stand-up, or, yeah, he still does it. <laughs> <laughs> so when he does stand-up? <laughs> when he does stand-up, he, uh, uh, he thinks of it as uh, the way that the Japanese uh, samurai would make a sword, mm-hmm. which was you would make it, and then you would fold the metal on itself again, and it would become stronger. And you just keep doing that, and that's why those swords could just cut through flesh in such a because it was multiple swords weak swords put all together to make a strong sword Mm -hmm. and i try to think about that with my writing too because i used to hate rewriting my dude like i used to be that dude who'd be like 
yo, this is a draft. I fucking worked on this. Like, what yeah. else? Like, but now I'm just like, no, I'm taking an element from that first draft that I really liked, and I'm folding it, and now I've got the second draft, and that second draft is stronger than the first draft. Mm-hmm. But guess what's going to be stronger than that second draft, that, that third one. draft? And, yeah. like, so, like, that's kind of somewhere else. And kind of going off of that, or not going off of that, my, my other one was uh, don't put people on a pedestal, and I mean this in multiple ways. The first way that I mean this is there are going to be niggas that you're going to see around and you're going to be like, man, that nigga's hot, that nigga's famous, that nigga's, and I can't talk to this person. You're dead wrong. They're not famous. They're struggling just like you. You can definitely talk to them. Uh, of course, be careful of like how you approach people and stuff like that. Some people don't like to be bothered and stuff like that. But so many of the people that I thought were more successful and more famous than me are are people that are like my peers now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say that in a braggy way or anything like that, but it's just like so much of it is just in your head where you're just like, oh, man, I could never get this person on my podcast or I could never do this where it's just like that person just a message away from being on your podcast. Mm-hmm. That person just a message away from like a coffee where you can talk to them. Like they're not as unreachable as you think. The people who are, you'll feel it and you'll know it. You know and what I'm saying? And you don't need them. <laughs> yeah. They can't help you anyways. Like yeah. I'm never going to DM Will Smith, but Will Smith can't change my life in the way that I need it to be changed right now. Mm-hmm. But someone like, you know, I had read about Phil Jackson in college. Phil Augusta Jackson. Mm-hmm. Not, 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 not NBA Not Phil NBA Jackson. Phil Jackson, even though yeah. that nigga's in my reach too. <laughs> that nigga's my peer. Yo, he's my peer. Shit, I'm shit. Me shit. and him both bought six rings in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you brought those rings at the uh, laundromat. I did. I did. <laughs> you put it in. I the... <laughs> I brought my I bought my rings. He brought his yeah, rings. Yeah, yeah. You bought your rings. <laughs> you bought six rings yeah. in Chicago. But we both got six. <laughs> um, but um, those people are so like I. He was someone that I re- I read about him on Split Sider in college. And I was like, oh wow. And then I saw him, and then. He was at that self-starter thing. Or maybe he mm-hmm. wasn't, but I saw him somewhere. And I remember Amon just walked up to him and talked to him. And I was like, Amon, you can't just do that. And Amon's like, mm-hmm. wow, he's such a friendly dude. And then I walked up, I had a conversation with him. And he helped me get my first job. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying go bother Phil Augusta Jackson. Obviously, like, there has to be like the right situation. There's all this stuff. What I'm saying is that these people that you're just like, oh, no, they're all the... Of course, he's a very successful person. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm shitting on him at all. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying no, is like, saying. Yeah. these people are a thing. And then the second thing is... Uh, uh, uh. I mean, my man just directed his first episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, he's doing his thing. I mean, of the upcoming season. So, yeah. but yeah, I he's mean, he's doing his thing. The dude's sure. doing his thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got to get him on. We had him on against the grain. We got to get him on this episode. We haven't had him on this one. Yeah. But um, he would be he would be so tight. But that's one of the things I mean. If I don't put people on the pedestal, the second thing is like, there's gonna come a point in your life where you're gonna be around some people and you're going to realize, damn, these group of people aren't a part of my progress. Mm-hmm. And that's a very tough thing to learn. But like, there's going to be some niggas that you hang out with when you first get here and they're going to be doing shit. And then you're going to feel like these niggas aren't about growing and doing things. It's okay to change your relationship with those people. Mm-hmm. And I really mean that out here in these, like <clears throat> in LA because in LA, it's real easy to get comfortable in a group of people. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to get comfortable in a group of people, but I don't want anyone to move out here and then come into a group and then feel like they owe that group because maybe they were your first roommates or they helped you out one time. It's like, no, you need to do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by don't put people on. That's the second part of don't put people on the pedestal of just like sometimes you outgrow people. 
Yeah. I mean, you do. That's that's a fucking one of my best friends. Uh, I can my brother. I've known him for <clears throat> 21 years now. Uh, we'll always be bros. We'll always, you know, uh, that'll never change. But our seasons are different now. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not in the same circles at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are connected simply by the reason that we have a love and respect for each other mm-hmm. from a long-standing friendship. Absolutely. Uh, I don't want to say we've outgrown each other. No, but. That's okay. I don't need to hang on to a relationship that we had because it just isn't the same. And that's I've grown past where that relationship was. He's grown past where that relationship was. Yeah. I don't mean like I hate the dude or I can't pick up the phone and, you know, if something happens, you know, we're, we're right when his father passed away. I've He called me that day. You know, like shit yeah. like that, you know, but yeah, man, you, you know, and, and I think sometimes we need, we hope, we try to hold on. To things too long, absolutely, um, and that that can impede your your progress as well. Uh, one big thing for me, dude, that I think you need to figure out what you want. That's what that that was gonna be my last one. Uh, figure out what you want, and uh, and don't falter on that. Like don't don't waver from that. Uh, let that be your compass. The more exact um, you can be, the better. Yeah, you know, and, you know, like, I, I tell niggas, you know, if you want fame, then you, you stop, because fame is fleeting, and fame can change. Absolutely. Jacase is the most famous person in the world right now. I am. It might not be the case next week. It might not be the no case once I walk out the door. No, no disrespect to you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disrespected at all. Uh, I know it's true. Uh, but... What nobody can change in my in my perspective is, and I've taken this like when I was giving tours on stage, uh, commercial work, uh, comedy, podcast, everything. My 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 compass is, I want people to think that it is good. Mm-hmm. That will never change. Yeah. <laughs> like that's something that I want people to like after they walk away from it and be like. That was really good. Mm-hmm. I may not be successful all the time. No, but that's but what you're aiming for. I, that's what I'm aiming for. Absolutely. And that is, so no matter what I fucking do, my main goal is when the I entertain the audience, whether I'm producing something, I'm fucking doing a tour, anything. My main goal is, that was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. And my good, I don't mean like, oh yeah, that was good. It wasn't great. But I just mean like that. They walked away feeling like they got their worth. Absolutely. Um, uh, I, and whatever that is for you, whatever that is for you, let that be your fucking compass 100%. and don't waver on that shit. And let that be the driving force behind everything. Do I want to be in the movie? Hell yeah. But not because I want, I mean, because it's what I love to do. I mean, but not because I want to be famous. I want to be in a movie because I want somebody to sit down in the movie theater to watch the movie that I've been in and be like, Damn, that shit was good. A lot of good niggas ain't famous. I mean, Actually, I would argue more of the niggas that aren't famous are the ones that are good. Yeah. Some of my favorite actors that are very, very fucking good, the niggas who you see in every HBO show, mm-hmm. they're some of the best character actors around, and they're not famous. Yeah. Um, 
They're just good. And you watch them, you go, these niggas is good. They're good. Uh, and I also want to go off of what you're saying and saying telecast it. And what mm-hmm. I mean by telecast it is make sure everybody knows it's what you want to do. Uh, two things on that. First thing is I hate the phrase shoot for the shoot for the moon, you'll land amongst the stars. That shit is dumb as hell to me. That's... Uh, and here's why it's dumb. Some stars are pretty fucking far from the moon. And you don't want to land on those stars. I mean, yo, some stars are dead. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know because they're light years away, so we're seeing light from millions of years ago. Yeah. But some of them stars are dead, yo. It's why one of my friends would be like, oh, I want to move to L.A. I had a friend who she was like, I want to move to L.A. I want to move to L.A. But I'm only going to move to Riverside right now. And I said, well, then you're going to live in Riverside. You're not going to live in L.A. It don't work that way. You can't just be close. Yeah. You got to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second part of it is, if no one knows this, what you want to do, what you want to do, they're gonna push what they think you should be doing onto you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when I first started like being like you know something at UCB, like I got on Herald, people kept recommending me for acting stuff, and I don't want to sound all snooty and shit. I don't like acting. I hate it. I don't think I'm good at it. It's one of my least favorite things to do. But people kept recommending me for acting things because they saw me on Herald Night. They saw me performing all the time. So they were just like, this is clearly what he wants to do. It's what I was broadcasting to everybody. But what do I want to do? I want to write. And it wasn't until I started telling people and literally going down and being like, I want to write. I want to write. I want to write that people started offering me things to write. Mm -hmm. But because I had never said anything, they saw what I was doing. They saw me acting. They saw me, oh, he was in this video. He was in the, oh, he wants to act. Where it's like, no. Tell people exactly what you want to do. I saw um, Aline Brosh McKenna. She t- uh, tweeted that. She's just like, if you're a writer or something like that right now, but you want to direct, start telling people. Mm-hmm. Start telling people, I want to direct, I want to direct. The opportunities will come. The reason that you're not getting it is, well, she was talking about with women. There's other reasons where people don't believe that you can do it and all that stuff. There's the obvious sexism. But still, broadcast that shit. Make sure everybody knows this is exactly what I want to fucking do. And the opportunities will come. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, man. Um, and I'm not trying to say that those other opportunities can't lead to that, but obviously know that that's what you want to do. I mean, sometimes too, man. Listen, there's a thing with networking. There's a thing with... There is no shame in telling somebody. You know, one of the big things I always tell people about L.A. people, they'll say, oh, man, L.A., how's L.A.? How are people in L.A.? Are people so stuck up and all that shit? I'm like, no, not really. There is this sense that people feel like you want something from them sometimes. That I get that. Just in proximity to where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh but there's also no shame in reaching out to someone and saying, Hey dude, I see what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I would love to work with you one day. Absolutely. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that, uh, especially if you mean it. Especially if you mean it. Uh, if you don't mean it. Yeah, if you don't mean it, then why are you... And you're trying to slide in people's DMs. Well, exactly. Uh, but, you know, I've gotten a few things. Like, I just did a shoot last week from simply just telling someone, yo, man, I've been loving what you're doing. You guys are fucking killing it. I would love to work with you guys one day. And then two weeks later, yo, we're shooting something. I got a role for you. It's small, but can you do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can do it. I mean, that's how we started this podcast. 
isn't it? Yeah, I just hit you and Carl up. We weren't really, and I'm not trying to say this in like a rude way, but we weren't really fucking friends. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, yeah, we were, we, we all. There, Actually, here's how much we weren't friends, my nigga. I'll tell you how much we weren't. Friends. We, we, this is gonna sound we were like doing. Shade. This is gonna sound shade like a little bit. Yeah, we had the LA Indie Improv Festival. We was in the same class. We both had a show at the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. You watched me walk down, sun, run down Sunset, trying to run to the show. Oh, and you and drove didn't give past you a ride. me and you told Dane, oh yeah, I saw Edgar running <laughs> to the theater. Yo. And you didn't give me a, you didn't pull over and say, maybe this nigga needs a ride. Yo, yo. You watched me run into the show and you was just. Let me, you, let me, I know exactly told, what you're talking about. You told, it was Saturday because we were in that same Alex Ferney class. We were in that same Alex Ferney class. And you told Dane, oh yeah, I saw Edgar running down Sunset let to me, come here. Let me tell you, Dane told you an incomplete story. Because <laughs> I, this is when I found out you were engaged too. Because <laughs> I, I saw Dane. And I was like, what's up, what's up? He was like, oh, yeah, man, I just saw Edgar. I think he's on his way. But I saw you talking to somebody. I think I saw you talking to somebody who you eventually dated after your fiance, after you and your fiance broke up. Who? Uh, well, okay, well, we we'll got to bleep, bleep that name hard. <laughs> we'll bleep that We got to bleep that hard. name super hard. <laughs> I, was, I saw you talking to her. Uh-huh. Now, I didn't know anything, but I was just like, you guys were chilling and talking, and I was like, Oh man, he fucking talking to a girl. So I like just I was like, I'm not gonna like cock block my man. I'm gonna let the dude talk. And then Edgar was and then uh Dane was like, Yo, he's engaged. Uh and I was like, Really? I was like, Oh shit, dude. Well yeah, dude, I did leave that nigga out there. I even fucking I admitted it. But but I did it because I thought See, that's like, what I'm saying. We didn't even know each other, bro. We didn't yeah. even know each other. But, but no, that, yeah, I just act. I mean, yeah, dude, I you just hit, asked. I just hit you and Carla. I mean, we were in a group thread. We had performed a little bit together as a trio. You made us. A, you made a team. Yeah, Magic I, I asked us to be. Yeah, I asked us to do a show. That's right. Together. And then we were in a group thread, and I group, and I was just like, "Yo, y'all niggas want to do a podcast?" And both of y'all said, "Yeah," and that was it. That was it. <laughs> that was fucking it. And now niggas is buying new shoes. And now niggas is owning uh, owning Beverly Hills. <laughs> Yeah, own in Beverly Hills. You know what else I own? You know what else I own? What? I'll let you know. But I think you know where I'm going with this. I'll let you know after the break. We'll be back. I own a pair of shoes, nice pair of jeans, a pretty dope-ass shirt that I intend on wearing to Culture Kings Live, Oh, which is coming up as of this episode, this Friday. That's right. October 26th, ladies and gentlemen. 10.30 p.m. I think it's going to be dope. I don't know how many people are going to be in the audience. Uh, I, I mean, I know a current number right now, and I don't want to say it on there. Look, man, your boy, your boy, look, can I tell you a story that's kind of crazy? Here's how I know, and don't yeah. cut this out. This is how I know what's up at the theater. Your boy's connected, okay? Mm-hmm, your boy's mm-hmm. connected for real. I was at UCB. This happened to me twice now. It happened on Monday, and it happened a few weeks before then. I'm walking into UCB. I was just, no, I was going to the Birds. I was going to the bar, and I see Richard Jefferson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sign the wait basketball legend. Sign the waitlist and then join the waitlist line. And I looked and I said, 
excuse me, you're Richard Jefferson. What are you doing on the waitlist line? He's like, oh, I didn't have a ticket, so they didn't let me in. And I said, excuse you? No, 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 no. And I walked up to the box office. I said, do you know who the fuck that man is? Give him two comps on my name right now. <laughs> and I let him in. And then he did it again last Monday. Nice. And I walked up and I said, my man, don't worry about this. I got you. And he's like, oh, what's your name, man? I was like, Edgar. He said, do you have any shows? And I said, yeah, I got a show on Friday. And he came to my show. Dope. Fuck yeah, dude. I just realized that I should have asked him to be on Culture Kings Live. You should have asked him, my nigga. God damn. <laughs> I completely forgot about that shit. God damn. Uh, look, man, you don't understand how hyped that was that I literally looked cool as shit in front of Richard Jefferson. Man, did you get a contact? Nah, I didn't get his contact. God bro. damn, nigga. But he went to the show, you know what I'm saying? He came to our Herald on Friday. All right, all right. That was pretty cool. That's cool. But That's dope. And like his wife was just like, oh my God, this is the second time you've done this. You're so cool. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you should have got that contact. I should have got that contact. Richard Jefferson. He would have totally been on the pod. Yo, hit him, hit him up on Twitter. I'll find him. <laughs> hit I'll him up on Twitter. Him. No, he'll probably come to Herald Night tonight. All right. He goes, he's a, I should be putting this shit on blast. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen pictures of him. He's there. Yeah. He's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to be in the business. Yeah. He wants I mean, to be in the business. He's retired now. He's yeah. like. But Richard Jefferson or not, we got a show this Friday, y'all. It's going to be a fucking lit ass time. Yo, we got we got some pretty dope guests. We got Ify Wadaway mm-hmm. telling some stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. We got a musical guest who's going to do some a uh, couple hip hop tracks. That's right. Uh, he He's called Face. F A. C.E. is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Salorm. Salorm. Doing some music. Yes. And we got Homegirl from BuzzFeed. Can I say her name? Of course. We got Homegirl from BuzzFeed, Jasmine Robbins. That's right, Jasmine. She'll be, uh, look, I don't know if y'all know who Jasmine is, but like, she's dope as hell. She's dope. Like, she, uh, she did that, like, plus size model lingerie calendar like she's really out there trying to redefine body uh beauty standards and mm-hmm. body standards uh which is so wild to be doing that on such a mainstream platform like buzzfeed to like completely hijack that shit and be like now nah, this is how i fucking want to portray beauty because mm-hmm. like she was assigned to that segment uh the beauty part and then she was like nah i'm gonna do it my way yeah dude i mean i i'm excited to have her it's gonna be a dope ass time y'all i'm fucking excited for it if you are in Los Angeles, if you got friends, yo, bring them. Just fucking tell people. Yo, come to me. Fuck telling them it's a live podcast. Tell them that it's just a fucking night of comedy. They're going to yeah. get some stand-up. They're going to get some music. We got DJ Dan who's going to be there spinning some tracks. Because I want to be very clear. This is going to be very different than the vibe of the podcast. Like I, I watched Pod Save America, and I was like, this shit is so lame. They're really just doing their podcast live. Yeah. Which, which I, you've said that a few times. I, I do want to, I do think we have a little bit more clearance to be a little bit different. Like, them niggas talking about politics. No, that shit's so, <laughs> Jaquise, that shit's It was so very boring. boring I'm not, it bro. was very boring. But I, what I'm saying is, I don't live, know. We're going to have a live fucking show. It's going to be live. I don't know how live theirs could have gotten. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's true. That's a fair point. But they could have done some different they shit, They could have probably did. They could have, like, at least brought out, like, a Donald Trump pinata. <laughs> and, like, after after everyone says it take, someone takes a swing at the Donald I Trump mean, pinata. I mean, yo, like, I'm glad they didn't because that's what we're going to have at our yeah, show. we're going to have a Donald Trump pinata. <laughs> <laughs> but, People like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, y'all could have done something. Y'all could have yeah. said, y'all got a bob for apples. Or whoever has the wackest takes going to get electrocuted. Something to make the audience a little bit happier. Yeah. But speaking of live performances. Jaquise, uh-huh. I want to say that you and I both have in common that we enjoy live performances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are some of the best live performances that you have seen? I want to I want to do four of these. You want to do four? Let's I want to do, do four, four, and I want to do them in this category, if you were so obliged. I want to do one. I will so oblige. I want to <laughs> do one that was just a dope-ass concert. That you fucking loved. I mm. want to tell you one that might be embarrassing that you loved it so much. Mm. And I want to tell one that you were a little surprised how fucking good the concert was going to be. So this is concerts only. Or just live performances. Live performances. Live performances overall. in general. Okay. Live, live performances in general. Okay. Yeah. My dope one. And I've been to a lot of dope ones. I saw Kendrick live last year. Of course. That was dope. Uh, I've seen uh, the best concert I've ever been to, to this day, still, is Kanye, uh, Glow in the Dark tour. Of course. Still the best concert I've ever been to. Watch the Throne tour was fucking dope. My dopest one was I saw Jay-Z at the Riviera in Chicago, which was, oh, no, at the Aragon at Chicago. Is this when you pissed in the cup? This was not when I pissed in the cup. No, 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 no. That was at the Watch the Throne concert. Uh, but this place was like a 200 seat, uh, concert hall. Mm. And do you remember when Jay-Z did that nine city and one night tour? Mm-hmm. I, I was at the Chicago one. Oh, of wow. that. And he, he performed just him on stage. I'm telling like he was as close as we are to each other. Uh, Dude, the energy in that fucking room was so goddamn dope. It was right after he had just come out of quote unquote retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you knew he stayed in Chicago a little bit longer because it was one of the last cities he was going to before he flew out west to do his last shows out west. Uh, man, that shit was so dope to just know. Like Jay Z just flew in on a plane, stepped on stage, performed for two hundred fucking people for an hour. And then left the stage and flew to L.A. to do it again. That's uh, so dope. That shit was so fucking dope, dude. So that by f- And I got to go to that shit because I won tickets to it. So it was Ugh. random. Ugh. It was random. Because you couldn't buy tickets. You only could win tickets to it. So not only did I not pay for it, and I didn't know like two days before that I was going to it. Man, that shit was so dope. Uh, My dopest one has to be... And I probably talked about this on the pod before, but it's still the dopest thing I've ever seen live. Uh, so FYF was last year. That was the last FYF, which is crazy. It wasn't supposed to be, but you know, some shit happened. Uh, and uh, I wasn't. I was trying to go. I had some money. I had to use it for uh, family emergency, so I couldn't afford it anymore. Mm-hmm. Then my friend Gino called me out of nowhere. Gino, who was on the pod, he was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. "Hey man, what are you doing this Saturday?" And I said, "Nothing, man." And he's like. You're going to FYF. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, man, I got you a ticket. And then, Damn. dope. Talk so about I go, the come up. Come through. I go, and I watch Frank Ocean perform. Nice. And I want to be very, very clear. I hated the album Blonde. Hated mm-hmm. it. 
Then I got dumped, and I listened to it a lot. I think we talked about this with Joshua. And, like, his performance was one of the most transcendent things I've ever seen in my life. And I'll tell you why. I was nowhere close to the stage because the people I was with were alcoholics, and they wanted to be in the uh, whatever you call that area. It's the area where you're only – at festivals, you can't just drink everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're only allowed to drink in certain really? areas. Yeah. That shit is whack. Well, you can't have them passing alcohol to minors. That's true. That's, true. That's very true. So we were there. Uh, and he had a screen. Now, mm-hmm. most festivals, the screens is just cameramen trying to catch, like, you know, uh, uh, the performer. Like, it's, like, really bad angles. Right, right. The lighting is awful. But Frank Ocean had Spike Jones direct oh, the shit on his, his screen. His live performance? And it was directed, bro. Dope. It was directed. Like, so it, the, every shot was intentional. Every shot was on purpose. And my nigga, I fucking cried, bro. That shit was oh, so bet. beautiful. Here was one of the shots. He was singing uh, uh, one of his songs. What song was it? It was uh, his his cover of a Stevie Wonder cover, uh, uh, Close to You. Um, and he's doing that song, and the camera is on him, and it pans down, and it pans down, and it pans down. He's like, where's this camera going? And then it's Brad Pitt sitting on the <laughs> side of the stage on the phone just talking to somebody, and you can't hear what he's saying. And you know what everybody's thinking. Everyone's like, man, this nigga's calling Angelina right now in his feelings. <laughs> Bro, that shit. That shit. That shit everybody so was funny. like fucking crying and shit. That, that shit was beautiful, man. And what was crazy was that I was with like my niggas. Like, and we were all like acting all hard, like talking to people and all this shit. And that shit sort of happened and we all just started crying. <laughs> <laughs> we just all started weeping and shit. That shit oh, was dope. Oh, man. Uh, that was probably the dopest one. And I remember he did a song one time and then he stopped and he was like, I didn't do that song to my best of my ability. And <laughs> did it again. So I'm going to do it again. And nice. I was like, oh. So that was probably the dopest I've ever seen. Uh, Frank Ocean at FYF. I like that. That's fun. He man. should release the, that tape. Because, that would be dope, man. Uh, I mean, it, beautiful, it sounds dog. like what Beyonce did with Coachella, but this nigga did it with no fanfare. No fanfare. It was just him. Yeah. Maybe like some lighting changes, some close ups and stuff like that. But yeah, it wasn't like the big. Like, yeah, what Beyonce right. did was, like, Beyonce very much so was just, like, most people won't be able to see me. Right. So I'm going to have this big thing that you can see from far away. Right. And that's what Frank Anderson did, but it was on a screen. And it was, like, yeah, Spike Jones directed it. It was That sounds fun. Man. It was so that beautiful. That sounds dope. All right. I got, I, got, I got an embarrassing one. All right. What's your embarrassing like, one? Like, first of all, people going to think when I say, you know, people are like, oh, is it a Jason Mraz concert? No, because I'm not embarrassed by that. No, you're not. You not should be, but you're not. Not at all. Not even a little bit. And Ain't Jason no niggas Mraz? from Southside Chicago came for you this time to support you. Nah. <laughs> Actually, a nigga came and said, <laughs> no more surprising cuts of the week. That nigga, was cut, like, that nigga cut you off. <laughs> Jack Johnson was dope, man. Jeshua was singing it. Yeah, if Jeshua sings it, I feel like I'm pretty sure Jeshua sings it. It's going to sound good because it's Jeshua. Well, he, he was singing it like Jack Johnson was. My man knew the song. If Jeshua was cool enough to know it, know it. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm so mad that nigga I'm said. cool with it. That nigga canceled he, all which, surprising cuts of the week. Which is now officially canceled. It is officially canceled. <laughs> it's officially but canceled. It had nothing to do with that nigga. No, but. it didn't. Uh, <laughs> it's, no it's because we got caught up in copyright law, y'all. Uh, but I, at first I was going to say. So I'm going to take it. that surprised you. Huh? This is one that's no, surpri- and oh, that no, that should be embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah, and 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 I want to start by saying like I'm not embarrassed that I went. I would tell everybody I went, but this past ju- June when we were in New York, uh, together, 
this past June, I went to a Broadway musical to go see. And listen, I'm an actor. I grew up on stage. My favorite musical of all time is Little Shop of Horrors. I love me a good musical. I saw Wicked five times, y'all. Uh, what's the fucking called? Book of Mormon. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? I saw Hamilton. It was pretty mm-hmm. cool. I went to go see the SpongeBob SquarePants musical. <laughs> I knew you was going to say that shit, nigga. Did you go I mean, when you went to DCM? Huh? Did you go when no, you I went, went by, to DCM? I went, by, I went by, by myself. I went by myself. Now, first, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Well, you flew to New York just to see this shit? No, no, no. It was when we... Oh, yes. We were, we were at, at DCM, DCM but yeah. I went by myself. Okay. Yeah, I didn't go with anybody. Let me tell you something. The first four seasons of SpongeBob from 99 to 2002, fantastic. 2003, some of the best fucking TV you will watch. SpongeBob movie is also fantastic. SpongeBob movie is good. That's when they had actual writers in the room, and they weren't catering to just a kid audience. Well, it was it storyboard was, artists were like... Bangers. They were yeah. bangers. It was a storyboard driven show. From like Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. Or like all the shows that we shouldn't have been watching as kids. Yeah. All those people wrote on the first few seasons of SpongeBob. So it was a dope ass show. Then the movie came out and then they made it a Y7 TV show. And yeah. now it's awful. Yeah. I do not watch the TV show now. Yeah. But I had to go see the musical, right? And you you do you remember the movie? Uh-huh. All right. So you remember at the end of the song. And this song, like, is special to me because, like, some shit, crazy shit happened when it came out, and this song made me happy. Uh, but the song, Best Day Ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching the movie, the musical. And first of all, the musical is great. It's a really fucking good musical. I had a chance to go see it in New York, and I didn't go see it's it. It's really fucking good. When I was good. there. I was there for a month, and I yeah. remember I almost, me you and my friend went. almost bought tickets, and we're you just like, went, dude. we're be so dumb to go watch no, this shit. You should have went. It's a very fun musical. If you like musicals, if you don't like musicals, then you might not I like it. I love musicals. But if you like musicals, it's very fucking, it's written by, like, T.I. has a song in it. Like, there's so many, like, it has, it's written by multiple mainstream artists, too, like the music in it. So it's not like a typical yeah. musical. But at the end of that musical, there was slow, slow music. It was after the big heartwarming moment. And SpongeBob started singing Best Day Ever. And tears started coming down <laughs> my damn eyes. I was like, this shit is beautiful, man. Like, I started feeling your, so you happy. Your, you was in your 30s when you did this shit. I was, I, it was four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was four fucking months ago. And I cried, man. I cried. I started wiping my eyes like, man. This nigga singing back. I heard people like adults. I love this song. Like all the adults in the fucking audience were on it. The kids didn't know what the fuck. No, because they're it was too all young. these. Yeah, they're yeah. all too young. All the adults was just like, "Yes, I'm here for this." And he sang it in like just such a beautiful way, and I cried. And I will admit, I should be embarrassed by that, mm. and well, I am. But I would do it again. Well, this band I should definitely be embarrassed by, especially how much we talk about. You know, white people doing hip hop and how much we don't like them. But both time I've seen these niggas, they rocked it mm. and they absolutely killed it. And I don't want to say all white people doing hip hop. I'm just talking about like whack ass appropriating, which this group definitely is. Uh, and I traveled nine hours to see these niggas the first time I saw them, and that's three oh three. I've been, I've bought tickets to warp. I've bought tickets to warp tour twice to go see these niggas perform. And again, it should be very, very embarrassing. (laughs) But these niggas, again, their songs are very, very poppy, and it's just them, quote unquote, rapping over it. Mm -hmm. But when they perform live, my dude, they like because when I saw them, I was like, how are they gonna do it live? Because they're both the producers and they're just rapping on them. They get all their friends from all the other like you know uh, bands at Warp Tour to play the instruments. 
So it's just the two of them. Like, they don't have to touch any instrument. And they get fucking hyped. And they go wild. Now, their music, in five years, maybe even today, we're going to look back at some of those lyrics and be like, my God, this is where alcohol culture of, like, you know, getting drunk and doing very, very bad things comes from. But them niggas can put on a fucking show. And they would go really, really ham. I remember one time they, like, brought on an audience member on stage. And... (laughs) They were like, hey, man, what's your name? He's like, oh, my name's Leonard or whatever. And he's like, uh, you want to rap one of our songs? He's like, yeah, but before I do, I'm running for president in 26. <laughs> and they said, get this dude off the stage. And they had everybody boo him and all this. And I was like, so, everyone was so hyped. It was so beautiful. It was so amazing. I've, I truly, I've never seen two white people bring it to the stage like that ever, <laughs> ever again. Uh, 303 Live. I'm, they don't have any music. They'll never tour ever again. But seeing them after they dropped their first album and their second album, I was like, this is beautiful. I love that. I love it. And I'm embarrassed by it, but I loved it. But hey, dude, and that's why you got two real niggas here. Yeah. Even, even shit we embarrassed by. We'll tell you. We'll still fucking say, of course. but I love that shit. I saw 303. <laughs> I, paid, I paid money to watch 303 perform yeah. twice. I, got, I paid to go cry at a yellow sponge. <laughs> and I do it again. All Here's right. my surprising one. Surprising. It's another concert. It's another music concert. Uh, I, I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed a Justin Timberlake concert. I mean, I've been told y'all this nigga's talented. I mean, I, I've always known he was talented. I've always, well, not always. I used to hate him. You was talking shit at the Super Bowl party. Uh, No, I wasn't. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yes, you were. What type of shit? You was talking shit. Damn. I, was I was there, dog. I was singing. I was singing that nah, shit. Me and Lacey were singing and dancing. No, nah, I was singing Me too. and Lacey were singing was and singing, dancing. I was singing. I don't want to lose you now. I was on that shit. I was singing Maris. Yeah. I, that damn troll song was, you know. That troll song was awful. Yeah. Why did he close on that song? Because it was his most popular one at the time. I get it. I can tell I you why it. if you want to know. Yeah, why? Because that song has 600 million more plays than any of his other songs on Spotify. That it does. is crazy. It's by far his most popular song. <laughs> it's crazy. It's sad. It's so sad oh, because no, he has no, such good fucking songs, dude. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I went, I, I took I took Jess, and uh, and Jess, you know, growing up was all about NSYNC, you know? And so I was like, I, it was like her birthday present or something. So mm-hmm. we went, and this was this was the 2020 Experience Tour. Uh, and we got in there, and like after about four or five songs, she looked at me and was like, "You know more songs than I do." Uh, <laughs> and I was fucking, I was in it, dude. His twenty twenty experience was a dope album, and I was just surprised. Like this nigga put on a show, man. He put on a good ass show. I was, I was with it. I was with it. That's so very fucking funny. Yeah, JT, JT twenty twenty experience. For me, it is a play. Uh, I took a class in college called Bay Area Theater Season. It was a mm-hmm. class where you paid a very, very expensive lab fee. Mm-hmm. And that lab fee like got you eight tickets to these shows in the Bay Area. And you'd go, you'd watch them, and you'd write a play. The teacher was a very, very uh, uh, famed theater director like in those theater circles, Mayanteo, who um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she like, I know was that name. very artsy-fartsy, uh, very weird. And like, uh, uh, so one of the plays that she had us go to was a five-hour-long play. Mm. So when we saw that shit on the syllabus, when we saw that was the next play, and she sent an email out to everyone to remind everyone, like, "Hey, schedule out five hours of your fucking day today." My nigga, we were incensed. I bet. I 
I grew up on stage, and I wouldn't even want to willingly go see a five-hour play. We were incensed, my nigga. Mm-mm. So we go there, incensed, of course, and we watch this play. And within the first 15 minutes, my nigga, I did not want that shit to end. Yeah, dude, I bet. It was the most, like, I'm getting Riveting. emotional just thinking about it. Bro, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's called The Lily's Revenge. I don't know if they're still doing it. It is five hours long. Every single act of it is a different form of media. Like, they, mm. and they'll, they break down the whole stage and change it. Uh, every intermission, they take you outside and there's something different. There's like a human petting zoo and stuff like that. And actually, the play is very relevant now because it's all about uh, trans identity mm-hmm. and like being, com- it's about a Lily who wants to be a boy. And that shit fucked me up, my nigga. I Damn. remember crying. And like being like, I've never seen something so beautiful. Everybody in the class basically apologized to our professor <laughs> because we were so, bro, we were mad. Like we were yeah, so dude. mad. We were talking shit. We didn't want to go watch this stupid ass play. And then we all came out of there feeling changed. Yeah, dude, that but, sounds great. I mean, the Lily's listen, you never gone. I'm I'm a theater kid, bro. Go watch it. Yeah, uh, am I? I'm trying to. I'm looking to see if it's still going on. I, don't I can't think it's really still see going. if it's still going on or not. Uh. But that, shit that makes me, me happy. That shit I wish more up, people. Bro. I wish more people in our community liked theater. It's so weird because so many people in our community come from a theater background, but they don't really fuck with theater. And like, I mean, the AD says it all the time. Like, we have major discounts on some good theater shows, mm-hmm. but no one ever takes advantage of it. Yeah, by just being a member of that theater, we can go and watch other. Oh shows. yeah, yeah. I've gone. I've seen a few shows off like of that, that discount. Yeah, yeah. I've never gone. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen about four or five. Because they're so cheap. They're with cheap. That discount and they're good. Um, that the Center Theater Group puts on great fucking shows. Just in general, go see live theater, y'all. That's your culture. That's your culture advice of the day. That's your advice of the day from your culture kings, y'all. Yo, we got to talk about this real fucking quick. Oh, boy. We got to talk about this real quick. First, Let's just do it. He first, did it. Rondo did it. Yes. But first, before before we get into it, because that's what we're talking about, because I know people are like, oh, it's time to go uh, to not a basketball. I want to say this. I want to say this. We haven't done one in a while. As of now, it's still on the books to happen. Uh, we got a Black Love episode coming out right. later this week. If our guests can still make it, which as of right now, they still can, but anything can happen. Uh, so hopefully well, I'm saying this and by the time you listen Friday, you will not be disappointed, but if it does happen, it's going to be a pretty dope one. I think I'm looking oh, forward yeah. to it. I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. But you know who won show no black love? You already said it. Rajon Rondo. And Chris Paul. Chris and Paul. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram can, can is I the one something? I'm most disappointed in. Can I say something problematic? Go ahead. My God, am I happy Sophie isn't here for this. I'm kind of happy. she would be yeah. defending the Lakers so she, bad in this. Anybody, if anybody defends Rajon Rondo for spitting on, I don't give a fuck what jersey you wear. You don't spit on a fucking man. No. You don't spit on a person. No. <laughs> like, you don't spit on somebody. That uh, Come on. That shit was crazy. That dude. shit was out of control. I think that what they did was what he did was inexcusable. I think Brandon Ingram should have had his emotions in check. And I'll say this really quickly: anyone who's saying LeBron didn't have his teammates back in that fight is fucking dumb. You're stupid. And here's why you're fucking especially dumb. especially Laker fans. When like, a fight um, is happening, it doesn't matter whose team you're on. You want it to end as quickly as possible, yeah. so that no one gets suspensions. It's right. the same thing at an open gym. 
when there's a fight breaking out, my only job is to make sure that that fight stops. Yeah. It's not to square up and continue to fight, because guess what? The more that fight continues, the, the longer the suspensions get. are going to be. And and also, let me let me say something, man. Listen, dude. I know y'all Laker fans, y'all like, oh, you, how come you have his teammates back? I get that. Chris Paul is the goddamn godfather of this dude's children. <laughs> like, what, get, like get, some shit is bigger than basketball, y'all. <laughs> like, of course, this nigga is gonna like put his arms around his children's godfather's shoulders. Like, get get the fuck out of here. What do you expect him to do? Punch him in the jaw? Uh, yell in his face and be like, "Yo, bitch, that's my teammate." Like that nigga is a part of his family. Uh, like y'all niggas, y'all y'all niggas need to stop. <laughs> y'all need to stop with that, man. Uh, the NBA season has been crazy. I don't want to get too too much into it. We we're gonna we'll, get we'll get into, we're we'll gonna get into it more. Episode. We're gonna get into it more. It's opening weekend. Uh, you know, the first week of the NBA season generally doesn't always matter, especially with like LeBron teams. Whenever LeBron goes to a new team, I think they show the graphic. Every time he's went to a new team, they've lost like the first game. They lose the first. And usually, LeBron like the James first always loses the first game of the season. Yeah, he he starts slow with especially with new teams. Uh, the Warriors looking like the Warriors. They lost recently, though. I mean, you know, it's going to be a fun NBA season, man. I think it's going to be a dope one. I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk more about it, just like we'll talk more to you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Culture Kings. I'm Jack Keese. I'm Edgar Mobazier. It's been a blast. Bad news, guys. I don't have a deep cut for you. Can we say we're a part of iHeartRadio now? Is that is that something to say? Can we say it? Because we're part of our heart. The, 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 the overall network has joined forces with iHeartRadio. And you would think a company with radio in the title would be like, yeah, play music. But now them niggas was like, y'all need to stop. So we got to stop because they pay the bills, y'all. Sorry. So instead, we leave you with this. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all uh chicago podcast festival november 29 mm-hmm. uh live show in la october 26 mm-hmm. check us out on all socials at culture king pod at jakees neal on all social media for jakees at edgar blazier on twitter awful gram on instagram Guys, even though we don't have a deep cut, we still like you. We still love you. We'll figure out some shit to do to end our episodes. But for now, bye.